Welcome to Single Moms Unfolded. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Kelly Vieira. This is a podcast for single moms created by a single mom to help single moms. This is our safe space to love, to connect, and grow together. Hello, friends, and welcome to Single Moms Unfolding, the sharing of stories and strategies to heal and inspire single moms. Today, we are lucky enough to have Sarah Gallardo here. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. Thank you for coming back. This is her second podcast with us. She's a single mom, and she's also a domestic violence expert, so she has a lot to share with us. So, Sarah, first of all, I want to tell you your earrings are adorable. I love them. I love all the rainbow. Thank you so much. I want to give a shout out. So I sort of made it part of my personal mission to support um, an indigenous woman small business. These handmade earrings. Wow. Yeah, she makes these on a reservation. And I have now purchased three pair of these. If anyone wants to know about this business, please reach out to me and I am happy to uh, promote this woman. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, you have to share the link with us because it's so beautiful. We'd love to help people. Awesome. So how how do you start this whole journey of uh, domestic violence? I'm sure it wasn't a good journey. How do you become an expert in this? Well, I never intended to be a subject matter expert on the topic of domestic violence. I learned most of what I know, unfortunately, by living through abuse. And I went through uh, childhood sexual abuse, then domestic violence in my marriage. I was with my ex-husband for a span of 10 years, but legally married for just about three of those 10 years. And I think I experienced the gambit of uh, abuses, if you will, manipulation, uh, physical violence, so beating, strangling, I was raped, I was controlled, my finances were controlled, my clothing, my hair, I, he made me cut it very short. Um, and I was also shot at on one occasion by my ex-husband. Uh, and, and, you know, I think people would think that was the worst part, but I simply just wasn't hit. You know, the bullet did not hit me. It shot out one of the windows of my car. Instead, one of the most difficult experience for me was experiencing reproductive abuse. And that manifests itself in one of two ways. One is when your abusive partner uses the potential, the potential for pregnancy as a manipulation tool saying, if you want us to have a child, first, you have to do this. If you want to begin to get pregnant, then you know, they're trying to get you to do things. And so using that as a tool and the way that it manifested itself for me is that um, I wasn't allowed to take birth control 
And I knew that I didn't want to have a child with this abusive person. So I used to get a birth control prescription from my doctor and hide it and take it. And if I didn't become pregnant over, you know, soon enough, he became suspicious. He would find the pills, flush them, rape me. Eventually I got pregnant. And one fact that people are not as aware of is that two of the most dangerous times specifically for a woman in a domestic violence relationship is when they are either leaving, which is mm -hmm. understandable, or when they're, when they're pregnant. And so this man got me pregnant because he said he wanted a child, but he became more violent once I was pregnant and caused me to have two miscarriages um, before I had, uh, I gave birth to a healthy child. And that was my third pregnancy. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I never even heard of that kind of abuse. It's, it's like Most people don't. Yeah. I've never heard of reproductive abuse, but it makes sense of the controlling every aspect of your life. Wow. So how many people do you think are dealing with this and don't even know that it's a problem? Some people think domestic violence is normal because that's all they've known. If you've grown up right. with it, you get into a relationship with somebody. How do mm -hmm. you know how many people are out there? I mean, how what are the signs we need to watch for as, you know, as single moms or if you're in a relationship and you're questioning yourself? So I think there were a couple questions in there. One is what are the signs to look out for? And then I think you asked how many people are experiencing this. And so the first question, um, it, statistically speaking, and this is through the um, National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, which is ncadv.com for anyone who wants to look up more facts or needs some support. Um, one out of every four women will experience abuse or domestic violence in her lifetime. Um, I believe it's one out of every nine men. And um, these, wow. statistics, yeah, these statistics do change uh, over time. And I know the pandemic did increase domestic violence instances. So, I believe it's every 20 seconds in the United States, someone is assaulted by an intimate partner. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. It's way and, Yeah, it's, that's a lot. Um, and then the other question, I'm sorry, can you refresh my memory? No, no, the signs, like, you know, mm, if, we're, yeah. if we're not comfortable and we feel like we may be in an abusive relationship, I mean, obviously physical, you know, sexual abuse, you, you know, but once it's like, you know, just mental abuse and being put down and there's so many different kinds, how do we know, you know, do we? I think, first of all, um, the controlling and the manipulation. So if, if the person wants to look at your phone, know where you are all the time, doesn't trust the people around you, if they start speaking terribly about your friends or family or even your kids, depending, uh, you know, they're going to try and isolate you. That's how you are most vulnerable. People who are surrounded with loved ones are very much more difficult to control because they're going to get input from their friends and family and right. their coworkers. So getting that person as isolated as possible is always part of the goal. If they have input about, you know, the clothing that you wear, your hairstyle, if they're calling you names, period. I mean, name calling is unacceptable and it's inappropriate. It's, it should not be part of a loving, supportive relationship. 
Correct. Um, you know. And so those are just a few of the red flags. I think controlling manipulation and go with your gut. Yeah. Go with your gut. Don't second guess your gut instinct. If something feels wrong, nine out of 10 times, it is wrong. Right. And so if it, and if you feel like something is wrong and you say, Hey, you know what? I just got a weird feeling. I'm not sure if it's you or me. I just need to take a step back. I don't mean this to be personal. I just need a little space and time right now. First of all, that's really fair to say you're owning your feelings. You're making your needs known and then take that space and time. If they give it to you and are there to be supportive and revisit the relationship at a later date, awesome. If they, you know, throw a tantrum of any kind, that's a huge red flag in and of itself. Right. The reaction, if you're getting a bad reaction, like, oh, no, you won't, then yeah. you know that you're not in a tough relationship, right? And you know, that's not where you want to be. That's not somebody that cares you. The owning situation. I know a lot of women, oh, I can't have to check in with every single thing. I don't think that's normal. I think that's a form of abuse, manipulation. If I have to tell you what I'm doing every second of the day, that's not okay. There's, there's a trust issue there, right? And exactly. Okay, so I feel like so many people in that situation are scared, right? And they feel trapped, right? Because they don't know how to get out. They don't know what to do. So how did you ultimately get out of this? I mean, how did you say, okay, that's it. I know this is not healthy. I know, how do I get out? Yeah, that's a good question, Kelly. Um, you know, for me, I was with a man who was doing criminal behavior and he ended up going to prison. And that sounds terrible, but it was the easiest. It was, it forced me to have space and time. It made me take a real hard look at what had happened, what was going on, where was our life headed? What kind of parent could I be if I stayed in this relationship? And I'll be honest, I had been manipulated so severely. I think it was basically like Stockholm syndrome at that point. And that's a real thing. Psychologically, we become almost addicted to that toxic dynamic. We become addicted to the push and pull, the feelings of you know, feeling terrible and having to defend ourselves. And it's almost, it's almost, you know, I've, I've read some studies that it talks about dopamine and endorphins and how those things actually increase in a domestic violence survivor or victim, depending on where they are in their journey, uh, when they are engaged in those kinds of arguments. So it really is a chemical reaction inside your body and your brain that people have to sort of wean themselves off of. Um, for me, him going to prison was the easiest and safest way for me to then begin to learn. Now I could have taken that time and done nothing, but what I did was I went to a local domestic violence survivor support group and I went every week for four years. Oh, good. That's how much I needed to learn. 
And, you know, you asked, how did this begin? This began because I went to the support group. The facilitator at the time, I didn't know she was moving out of state, but she was encouraging me to become a certified domestic violence counselor. And at first I was like, oh, that doesn't make sense. I don't know, but I did it. Once I became a volunteer at that organization where I was attending the support group, I took over the support group as facilitator. Then they found out that I write and that I'm comfortable on stage. So I started speaking about my survivor story and it happened so organically, Kelly. It was just the fact that the need was out there for someone to speak up. And I think the difference was that whenever a question was asked, can you do this? Will you do this? I just said, yes. That's fabulous. So your mess became your message. So you started to help other people. That's wonderful. So do you think you would have left if he didn't go to prison? I don't know. I really don't know. I think so. there were some people in my family who were really at their wits end with the situation. And I think that they, I mean, they did step in and they did help me get out. Uh, If he hadn't gone to prison, I think those family members were at the point where they realized I was probably going to be murdered. And, Mm -hmm. and, And that's not even, I'm not saying that lightly, I mean that really. And if, if I wasn't murdered, the other, terrible piece of this is that the depression and the mental health anguish and turmoil that abuse causes has the potential to turn a person on themselves. And so it was also possible that if he didn't take my life, I would have taken my own. Right. Because you're just in that place and you were pregnant, right? So you were, were you put you were pregnant at the time. So you had somebody else to worry about. Wow. So we know the signs, right? If we're getting controlled, right? If we have, if we have that, that feeling inside, something's off, something's wrong, then to step back and then feel the reaction. I think that's really good. I think that's like a good quiz you could do tonight. If you're in any situation and you feel, take a step back and just see how they react. That's really mm-hmm. good. So tell us if we need to get help. If we feel like in this situation, how do we get help? So I mentioned the um, ncadv.com, N as in Nancy, I want to make that very clear, N-C-A-D as in dog, V as in Victor, dot com or dot org, Um, National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, or you can look more locally at whatever state you're from. I'm originally from Connecticut, so that's Um, C-C-A-D-V. I assume that's the same for each state. What is the process of this is that every state has catchment systems. There are territories where a domestic violence organization covers which town you're in. So where you're living in the moment that this is happening is going to determine which organization you can get that help from. They will provide uh, helping you, they'll pick you up at a neutral location. They will help you get to a safe uh, place for housing if that's what you need. Uh, They will help you 
file for anything that you need in terms of social programs. So assistance with childcare, food, heat, rent, all of those kinds of things are available. Uh, they will, they have free confidential one-on-one -on -one services for therapy. They also have free uh, services for support groups. And at the holidays, they help with your kids getting gifts. And I mean, there are so many things That's that are available. Yes. And, and, and this depend. I mean, each organization has their own budget and their own capability for um, how much they're able to help. Also different states in the U.S. have different um, programs and different procedures. So I, I want to speak more broadly about these things because I don't want people to think that things are available to them that maybe aren't. Right. Your best bet is to find out what's available to you locally and then start from there. Also, if you are working with a local organization for domestic violence services, the police and the courts will take you very much more seriously if that is sort of backing you, if you have a pre-existing relationship with an organization like that. Okay, especially if there's kids involved. In, yes, exactly. exactly. That's great, that's great. Yeah. So how, um, Tell us, you wrote a book about this, correct? You have a book? So tell us about your book, Hiding. Yes, so tell us about your book and where we can get it and about your company, your organization. So my book is called Hiding in Plain Sight, A Glimpse into the Reality of Domestic Violence. Wow. And it's available in bookstores and on Amazon by Sarah Gallardo, of course. Um, <laughs> I published this book in 2017 and it was a really difficult process to write about because I didn't realize that I hadn't really emotionally experienced what was happening while I was being abused. I was detached and disassociated practically well, the whole time. And so by writing the book, I had to put myself back there. And for the first time, I experienced the emotions from that. And I was like, ooh, I did not know this was going to happen. Um, so I learned a lot. I will be starting my next book this year, so book two. Uh, and I don't have a title. I know what the subject's going to be. I have to still flush it all out. Um, and now I also know better some of the practices for self-care that work for me during the writing process. So I am, I'm looking forward to getting the book out of me. I know like, this is going to be tough, but I think that there's been enough time between this book and this coming book that um, it'll be okay. Uh, and then in terms of my organization, I started a nonprofit called Sarah Speaks Up. It is to encourage, empower, and strengthen and support victims and survivors of domestic violence through education and programs. And my favorite program is called the Veterans for Victims, which is where we pair military veterans with domestic violence victims and they escort them to and from court. And so they stay with them while they uh, testify against their abuser so that they feel safe. Awesome. That's a great idea. Great idea, right? Nothing like feeling safe with, you know, a veteran. That's wow. Yeah. That's great. Great. So um, 
I want to make sure we covered everything we can. We know where to get your book. How can we contact you if we would like some help? If we want a veteran to like help us bring us to court, if we have questions, you've been there. You yeah. Know, how can we contact you? So the best way to contact me is through, well, first of all, um, the Facebook page, Sarah Speaks Up, or the Instagram, um, TikTok. I don't do much on Twitter, but there is a Twitter page. Um, the most active is Facebook. Sarah Speaks Up. You can message me privately there, or you can email me at sarahspeaksup at gmail.com. So that's Sarah with N-H. Uh, that's important. And, you know, let me know if you have any questions, if there's anything you'd like to share or there's anything I can do to help. Thank you for giving us your time today and listening in. Remember, you're smart, beautiful, and you got this. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more great tips for single moms.